Today on the Mocha Live podcast, we're doing it, the inevitable AI discussion. Uh, AI is obviously too huge a topic to eclipse totally in an hour, and in fact, it may be too huge a topic to eclipse in any amount of time. This is a sprawling subject, and so today we'll be bringing you an appropriately sprawling conversation. I'm joined by the director of the Museum of Crypto Art, Shivani Mitra, and the brilliant digital photo collagist, Earth Sample. And we're just going to have at it. AI from many angles. Having spent years in crypto art, it's really interesting to see the public grasp onto AI the way they have so fervently. As strange as it probably sounds to outsiders, those of us in crypto art are, especially compared to the public, highly experienced with AI. It's been a part of crypto art for years, and Videodrome was making his AI-generated nude portraits, the so-called Lost Robbies, in 2018, for example. AI output has just been a part of our everyday lives for quite some time now, and so we've spent ages seeing, discussing, and internalizing all the fantastical things AI is capable of. We remain on the cutting edge of what AI is capable of, with AI-generated video, AI-generated video games, etc. And that does lend us a certain expertise. And so today, I wanted to talk about, yes, crypto art, but also topics in AI that may not be a part of generalized cocktail party conversations. Will humans ever be drawn to AI artwork the way they are to human artworks? How do we center artists in artistry where the human hand is buried so deep in the back end of an AI output? We're going to get into all of that more over the next hour. Uh, also, at about the 50-minute mark, we, we veer wildly off into a conversation about Milady NFTs, um, which I'm telling you about now is both a courtesy and a warning. So you have been warned. So with that said, and without further ado, the Mocha Live podcast. Good evening, everybody. It is 5.01 p.m. EST here in Brooklyn, New York. My name is Max Cohen. Uh, you're listening to the Mocha Live podcast. Uh, joined by a couple of awesome guests today, some people that I value and treasure more than anyone else in the world. Uh, I am joined by Shivani, the director of the Museum of Crypto Art. Hello, Matt. And the wonderful digital artist, generative artist. Earth Sample, what would you call your practice? Do you have like a name for it? Uh, I mean, it's sort of like a pseudo collage type style, like, like it's a digital collage, I would say, with my own photography. The wonderful pseudo collage artist, Earth Sample. Um, <laughs> how are we doing, guys? Good. How are you? I'm really excited to be here. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Uh, today, we are taking on um, a topic that I know painfully little about um, and which a lot of people ask me about in the wild. Uh, everybody seems to want my take on AI, even though I work almost never with AI. I have almost no opinions on it. I'm almost always the like defeatist about its uh, potential. Um, so I think we should talk about AI today. It's a conversation that we've been dancing around in this podcast quite a bit and which I'm excited to kind of finally dive into. Um, Shivani, I want to start with you because you've been talking about writing a piece for the museum about AI for quite a while now. What is it about like... <laughs> this whole kind of ecosystem, this whole AI, you know, manifestation that gets your goat. I think I wanted to start writing that in like November or something. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I had messaged you. I'm like, Oh, I have all these thoughts and I want to write it. And then I never put it down on paper, which makes sense. So, you know, when I was like, before I started all this crypto stuff, right. I was about to go to medical school mm -hmm. and I actually wrote a paper in the Lancet commentary area with like two other people 
my boss at the time was like a plastic surgeon at Boston Children's Hospital and Harvard Med. And we wrote a paper on how AI could help bridge supply chain gaps in countries that struggle with providing surgical care. It was like a very, very niche. It was a very niche topic, right? Yeah, yeah. So you think like all these operating rooms that like they need all these supplies. Like the main issue in a lot of the main issues in global health is not the amount of money, but it's just getting things from one place to another. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's all this corruption because there's all these middlemen. So the concept was if you have an intelligent system that knows what needs to go where and is accountable for it, you can actually take all these charitable donations and put it out there. At that point in time, which was like 2018, I Mm -hmm. I did like a whole deep dive into like, what is this thing that is called AI? Now, we have to like remember the hype around AI was like strongest actually in like 2014 and 2015. This is not okay. the first time there's been like a huge hype cycle. Um, in the context of like NFTs and crypto art, the way that peop- the average person can now imagine their most crazy visions through prompt engineering is incredible. Mm-hmm. GANs that have been that, you know, artists and computer scientists have worked with since like the ni- or like late 1990s, 2000s, like those GANs are now powerful enough that with English words, you can change the outputs, right? So, you know, for a lot of the end of last year, I was, and I still continue to have, my question is, is like, if every single person on the planet can be an artist when it comes to the pure visualization of things in their mind, Mm -hmm. um, what is the role of tokenizing it? Um, Mm -hmm. You can just mint to oblivion with mid-journey, right? You can make like thousands and thousands of mints. Yeah. Um, so the single like JPEG, PNG, like file, that there is no scarcity. There never was. Maybe NFTs made people feel like there are. But mm-hmm. now it's very clear to me that like the only way that any kind of digital file can be valued is if people assign value to it And not one person, not 10 people, like a thousand people. So the whole idea of digital art that we see online, that we consume, I think the whole thing got shifted. You know, David O'Reilly is someone that I really respect. Someone that early on in NFTs and like kind of fall of 2020 is one of the first artists that I was like, this person's incredible. I want to get one of their artworks. He and I had discussions about NFTs and then he completely left the space. And one of the reasons he left the space is the hyper-financial part. The other reason is because he really feels like these AI engines have taken advantage of a lot of artists' work um, without giving them credit, without giving them royalties. And so he's like pretty much said, like, fuck all, you know? <laughs> Earth Sample, I, I think it's really interesting the position you're in as a like f- digital photo collagist, because at various points in time, perhaps even still like photography and digital art are, have been sequestered into this, like, is it art conversation away from like, I think the things that people traditionally consider like fine art, high art, the painting, the sculpting, whatever the Renaissance stuff. Um, so you're, you have that world that is, you're kind of enveloped in. And then I know you're also like super technologically literate. So um, I'm wondering like a, how has AI impacted your practice recently and also previously and 
do you feel that same kind of, I guess, idea idea that Shivani put forward of this like hyper tokenization or this pull to hyper tokenization because the work can like emerge so freely? So a little bit of with like how I use AI. So at, at first, like during the whole, um, you know, rise of it within the NFT space, especially earlier uh, this year and maybe late last year, I was I was like really, really on the fence with it. I I didn't really like the uh, like the sort of outputs that I'd be getting. It 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 took a lot of the meaning out of the practice I did. But now now what I do is I like to implement uh, different things from it. I, I think it's I think it's interesting. I, like I kind of want to be part of that sort of conversation of sorts. Like I've been doing a couple of pieces that include. It, it's not so much like photo generation, but I'll generate text from chat GPT and then include those. Cause like sometimes I'll have a hard time um, providing further context within the work, especially if I want to use text, but with chat GPT, I can sort of run like a bunch of different prompts through and I can pretty much get like exactly what I'm looking for doing that. I don't know. Like I I'm, I'm for the, the use of AI for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is like a problem though when you go to foundation and like everything is just like these AI drops. Like I can't really find anything on there, and they they're all like that mid journey ask sort of look. There, I think there is like an over tokenization thing happening where you know it's just so easy to create these things, um, and everyone wants to make money, and that the whole like visual style, of course, is going to change or whatever, but it's just so oversaturated. I don't know. Shivani and I were talking earlier about um, when it comes to tokenizing mm-hmm. like AI works. Uh, personally, like when I use AI to create like visual output, like full pieces sort of thing, mm-hmm. I'm not very interested in minting those. And I, I don't even post them because I kind of use it just like, as like an exploration of my mind sort of thing, like or as like ch- a challenge of trying to convey whatever is going on in my brain onto like this digital canvas. I think like it's really cool to to show those things in a non-market context because it provides sort of context that to who you are as an individual um but with the ease of minting these things and creating these things uh i personally don't have a an interest in it or example do you think that it's an artist's responsibility if they're going to tokenize a work or proffer a work into the public for sale do you think it's their responsibility to note whether or not they've used ai and also then like which ai they've used perhaps even to what extent i don't think so personally mm-hmm. i don't think so because usually you can tell first off we have to be literate to tell i don't know like there's the whole conversation about like um is this like stealing from other people's work and i i don't i that's like a sort of gray area for me. Well, I don't even think it's that. I, I think I, I'm just thinking about like the way artworks and photographs are like annotated within mm-hmm. essays, within mm-hmm. you know art history books, right? It's like, it's the dimensions, it's where it's held. It's also what's been used, you know, charcoal on canvas, something like that. Shivani, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, if, you know, even like the first photographs, right? Mm-hmm. Like people would start saying like what kind of camera they're using. Right. Or like when the printing press was there, you would after the first edition of the Gutenberg, like there's different types of printing presses, different types of paper. Right. Different ways that something's printed, like with any new method of distribution and, you know, human basically humans taking things that they could do with their brain and putting it somewhere else in some piece of technology. 
you over time start to see people acknowledge the technology as something that is a medium. Mm-hmm. So same thing I think will happen with AI where people will acknowledge it as a medium, right? Right sure. now, only very specific artists are doing that because they're literate enough to treat a model as a paintbrush. Most of us are mm-hmm. just not going to get there until it becomes easy to use. So, you know, I, I would agree with Earth Sample that like um, the most positive way to look at this is not to feel enslaved or extracted by the thing, but to consider it a co-pilot or some kind of extension of your mind and your hand um, and let it enhance your thinking and your creativity. I think also like the framing of it as it being a responsibility uh, might not be the correct framing because when it comes to like people showing what medium they have, like in what context are they doing that? It's usually when they're like in a show or if it's Mm going to be like for sale or some of the sorts. I think it's like adding context as opposed to Uh, a responsibility because I don't think it's inherently bad Um, but if they're if the person thinks like it's very interesting that AI is is a tool to be used within making this art or was a tool that was used within making this art or was like the only tool um, they can provide that context Uh, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's necessarily a responsibility but you know I do think we will reach a point where that is the case because it may be sentient and therefore it has rights um that's not for a while right but but i really do see like everything that's happening with ai like it's happening slowly like it's like the internet like it's not like one day everyone was like oh my god we're using the internet it just happened very slowly over like 10 15 20 years i think it's a new species to an extent and it's only going to reach its you know sentience maybe never or maybe at a point in time which we have no idea but at that point it it has rights but the, I just I think there's a really interesting conversation within this about pace in general. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I like I think that this conversation about like is AI alive, right? Is it a species, right? That's a conversation that has kind of come out, not totally, but I think in the hearts and minds of a lot of people, that like conversation has kind of been distilled over the last what like three or four months as people have seen this thing really have the ability to appear to speak and think and have opinions, mm-hmm. right? Just the 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 sheer pace of that is is astronomical right and you mentioned the internet right how it happened over the course of 15 or 20 years well I, mm-hmm. i'm even thinking about these other advancements at least specifically in artistry right whether it was the camera or like the computer right but the camera was created in like the early 1800s and like some people um like julia margaret cameron were using that for artistic purposes but it wasn't really accepted as an artistic device for like a hundred years right and after like a ton of effort um by like the photo secessionists, for example. And then you have digital art, right? Which is started like popularly in the late sixties, right? This computer art that still doesn't really have a ton of social kind of acceptance as artistry. I mean, it's getting there, but we're, you know, 50 years from when um, Ken Knowlton and Leon Harmon made the computer nude, which is the studies and perception. That was like the first big computer art piece. And I, I wrote this in a piece last year, but if you Google, is digital art, the first thing that comes up is, is digital art real art? Because people still aren't certain. We're now having these conversations about AI that are taking place in really advanced ways and it's ingratiating itself into our psyches, but it's been months. It's been a couple of years. We've like, we're like having the time it takes for these conversations to really emerge, I think, into the, the public consciousness, 100 years to 50 years to 20 years for the internet. And now we're at like a couple of months, Shivani, you're expressing yeah. discontent. You know, people, people 
people have been um i i you know there's there's a book by daniel cleaver that's called ai the search uh, the tumultuous search for artificial intelligence which is incredible and people have been creating and working with intelligence since the 1950s mm-hmm. right as as a piece of technology so it kind of follows the same thing i would agree with you that because of social media everything's accelerated now into seconds instead of years and the interest in ai has like exploded Right. But in 2015, there was a similar set of conditions where it was like, holy fuck, AI. Right. Um, Same thing happening now. It'll die down. But I agree that it is much quicker. But that's because it's not art. Art is always, always going to be a niche. Like we can't get mad that most people don't give a shit about art. Like that it's always a niche. The word art itself actually turns people off especially in the U.S. where there's this huge income inequality and people have an idea of art being associated only with rich people, especially especially mm-hmm. visual art. I think it's just two different paradigms. Yeah, I, I do just want to note, like, at least as it relates to people making intelligence in the 50s versus now, um, I think like modernism, like literary and artistic modernism started in like the 1910s or like popularly mm-hmm. after the beginning of world war one but like people call like madame bovary by gustave flaubert like the first modernist novel and that was 50 years earlier so it's like mm-hmm. it, it counts it doesn't count right there's like there's the nodes but then there's like the creation of the system as it kind of like emerges into the cultural consciousness earth sample what do you think about this honestly i don't really know like when it, when it comes to when it comes to like the acceptance of of ai art uh i don't i don't necessarily think like there has to be like a sort of mainstream acceptance for this to like like it's gonna happen either way yeah let me reframe the question right because there's one thing it's like will ai be accepted as art and that's kind of its own its own very contextful discussion that's going to depend on who we're talking to where we're talking to them about it but i guess my a better question is how long will it take for people to stop being impressed with ai art i think people will continuously to be impressed by it because people are going to continue doing new things like there's always going to be a novel artist or or visual language or like some sort of integration with ai that happens um obviously there's going to be like trends and such but there's always going to be someone who's like someone or a group of people who are pushing things towards places that like haven't been um haven't been done before I would add, though, I think no one's going to be impressed with the outputs. Um, People are going to be impressed with context and, like, verification. Because if you can describe that, like, there's an artist named Alex Rebin who does, like, crazy work with AI. Like, he connects his his brain waves to his models and then outputs from there. Right? So, like, that is innovative with, like, the context and the methodology. Um, even with like any of the AI art that is coming out, I just think the image itself is fully diluted right now. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. it can come from anywhere or anyone. You have no idea. Like even deep fakes, like all this stuff is going to get way, way more intense. That you can't, you're not going to be able to trust images. You're going to yeah. be able to yeah. trust reputation. Well, I think a lot about the, like the early AI pieces in the museum's collection, right? And we, you know, we have, um, a couple of pieces by Alexander Rebin. He helped design the Datagan. Um, mm-hmm. We have a piece called P- Pluginardo Charlie that's in the um, Genesis collection mm-hmm. and Deeply Artificial Trees, which is this weird Bob Ross video. We have like Espen Cluj and Videodrome and Art Gnome and Shortcut and Mario Klingman and all these artists and they all use AI or some kind of like GAN uh, formulas, algorithms, and they're 
the visual output is so different. And I haven't really seen any of those outputs like referenced or imitated out in the world now, right? There seems to be a kind of an, an earth sample. Maybe you could give me uh, some clarity on this, but it seems like there is a kind of image that seems to be like the AI sensibility, right? It seems to be, I, I'm not even sure what you can call it. I guess it's choppy. It's colorful. Yeah, um, it's like but... chopped, it's cooked. Yeah, I mean, that that came from like the the phase in which the technology was at, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think like there's going to be a wave of people going back and using um, these older whatever models they are. Uh, because like the, all this like hyper like mid journey five is like so good like it's hyper realism like you can get like anything it's super mm -hmm. clean um but that that stuff is boring it, it's really really boring the stuff that like i don't know like with the video drum stuff like i, I find that interesting because it was like why do i even find that interesting it it, it was like this well, it's still bizarre. It's still kind of like unmatched, right? I, I think, you know, this reminds me of like E.E. E. Cummings in a sense, the like nonsense poet. It, I find it impossible. Mm -hmm. I love writing. I'm really good at it. I can't write nonsense, right? It's really hard to write something that doesn't make sense because you have to understand something so integrally that you can then deconstruct it and reconstruct it in a new way. And I feel like that's what I get out of the AI generated new portraits that Videodrome made. They're like complete deconstructions of a form. They don't feel like AI, right? Like, I feel like most AI outputs are trying to capture the image of something. And this is almost like it's trying to capture the image of what something isn't. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think, um, like, that's the reason why I'm, I'm not very, uh, let's say I, I don't like too much, like the mid journey stuff is because it, it, it is like trying to recreate things that already exist mm -hmm. type of thing. Whereas that earlier AI stuff was so obtuse. Um, and unlike anything I'd seen that, I don't know, it, it has a, a certain appeal to it. Yeah. And, and I think this is in a sense why I was curious before about whether we should have a responsibility to document which AIs we use, because I think that each of these AIs is going to continue to develop its own kind of internal language. The technology is going to advance in its own kind of directions, right? I feel like we're at this kind of like singularity right now where these AIs have kind of all developed in lockstep and now they're each going to, I don't know, I, I feel like internally I have an idea of what a DALI output looks like as compared to say like a stable diffusion or someone's stable diffusion model. They can do different things. So I feel like similarly to whether you would say, I painted this with acrylic or I painted this with oils or I painted this with pastels. Mm, they all come from really similar data sets though. Mm. Like ultimately they can converge in the same direction. It's just a race of which one is going to get there faster by which method. Do you think that there's going to be like a quote unquote, like winner, like a, like an overall AI that people use for everything? Or do you think they'll remain in kind of niche surroundings? So like the thesis that like I originally had um, when thinking about like medical systems is that small data sets applied with specific methodologies are actually stronger than massive, like billion parameter data sets. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm definitely not an expert as a developer, but from what I understand, like, Something like ChatGPT4 has like billions of parameters and that's why it's so successful mm -hmm. because they have so much computing power. They have access to so much data, but there is room for people who are coming up with different techniques and approaches that, you know, involve synthetic data, for example. That's something that Karen's like educated me about mm -hmm. where someone is actually generating data itself. So you don't need like inputs of parameters, yeah. but you can actually just use something small and generate the set yourself. 
So people are going to get scrappy in these different ways where you don't need like huge amounts of AWS, you know, money, like just draining your, your company or, or your project. That is more important. And that is what the differentiator is going to be between like Dali, Stable, Diffusion, MidJourney. Um, and that's how the integrity and the innovative part of these models gets stronger. Let me, let me pose you a follow-up question. So we have, I think like you got, like those are the four, right? We have Stable Diffusion, we have MidJourney, we have Dolly. Uh, maybe there's three and I don't know if I'm forgetting any, I probably am. But like these early artists that we were just talking about, right? They were all constructing their own AIs for the most part, or at least like data setting their own AIs for the most part. And that's, I, I have to believe why all of these works would sound or would, come out looking so different. So I'm curious, do you think there will be always these like name brand AIs? Or do you think people are going to, as the technology advances, as ease of use and accessibility advances, which I think just based on the adoption numbers, it naturally will. Do you think we're going to be in a situation where people have like their own individual AIs and you're going to be able to notice, like note, like say an earth sample AI just by its output because of how earth sample has been data setting specifically? Totally. I mean, the only AI artists to respect, in my opinion, are the ones who make their own models um, or the, the ones that spend time with the code in a way that puts pushes the code in a certain direction. They're not just geniuses at outputting things. And I'm not going to like name names, but there are artists in this space who are just good at marketing. Mm-hmm. There is really nothing, there is no integrity to their artwork that someone else cannot do. They're just very good at wrapping a story around AI. Um, and those people are like kind of rock stars in their own way. Um, but for me personally, like if you're going to c- claim to be working with AI from a point of art, you should be interrogating the AI itself, not the ability to talk about AI on Twitter. But that's two, two totally different skills, not to you know, just a, a bit of a pushback, like, yeah, like being able to, or being interested. I just don't in, respect the Twitter stuff. That's yeah. fair. But even still, like, like I would love the opportunity to like make AI art, but I don't know jack shit about coding. A lot of people don't. They just figure out how to fine tune the models towards the art practice that they're drawn to, which is great. Mm. Um, it's like figuring out how to use Photoshop before other people do. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Earth sample. I, I wonder, like, a, what you think about whether, like, this kind of argument or idea of like making your own model versus using it. But I'm wondering as well, do you view AI as a better complement to other artistry, or do you feel that it is worthwhile as an artistic exploration in its own sense? Uh, I think both. Like, for someone, for someone like me who like. At this point in time, I'm, I'm not interested in creating my own data sets. Uh, I, I won't like create outputs with AI, but I'll, I'll integrate things that I do create with AI into works. So it's sort of like a, like a seasoning on top or something of the sorts. When it, when it comes to like what I think about people using their own data sets and not, uh, I'm in a similar boat with Shivani where I, I like, I have a lot more respect for people who are creating their own data sets and like really getting into it. Maybe that's because they have like this uh, understanding of the thing as opposed to this sort of just using it without uh, really knowing, which isn't like bad and it's in its own right. But I, I find it much more compelling. Um, like if I was to buy at work, I'd probably get something from 
uh, someone who's like doing their own sort of thing that I know is like uh, somewhat non-replicable. Um, they're not, they're not just pulling from a pool. But I don't know. I, I mean, I, I just want to push back. Like, I think you can get to know something by like breaking it down into its elements, but I think you can also get to know something by using it and using it and figuring out its tendencies. Like with the prompt engineering, like I don't understand prompt engineering very well. I can't generate outputs with any kind of AI that are near to each other. And I think it is a skill in and of itself to be able to manipulate these AIs, not from the bottom up, but from the top down, from the like output level. It's definitely a skill, uh, but like my personal preference is um, like if, if I was going to buy a piece, I, I, I would want it, it just feels way more holistic. Like it's it's more of like a, a, a full narrative sort of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's no secret that like identity and verification is going to become so important in the next five years with AI just in like insinuating itself into so many more you know, aspects of society. I even like when I'm with my grandparents and they're watching, you know, the news, right. There's like all of these horror stories about, you know, AI that is going to replicate someone's voice. And I I saw some article in the wall street journal about, you know, it takes just hours to replicate someone's face and voice. And then, you know, you think of horror stories in your head about getting a call from someone who you think is a loved one and they're asking for money or they say they need help. And so of course you want to help them, but how do you know it's really them? And you're laughing Shivani. I want, I think it's great because in the worst world, then people are meeting in person and getting to know each other and building trust organically, right? In in the worst version of like AI, like takes over everything that is on your computer screen. Oh, sorry. Um, But like in the best world, you know, it's also okay. I I don't know. I, I don't think that like all this, all this alignment stuff also to me, like it really, I understand and sometimes I certainly do have fears, like kind of like with, you know, personalized genetics or CRISPR. Um, mm-hmm. But there's an inevitabil- inevitability to humans and their violence and their experimentation that mm-hmm. tells me that we can resist. But I think it's stronger if we create like the systems and mental models from now that have humans thinking about this technology in a positive way. Um, sure. And like, for example, with Midjourney, right? Like the most common user is like middle-aged people who are very good at writing because you need to be a very good prompt engineer and Zoomers don't like writing or reading. Um, mm. So like, Max, <laughs> you probably would be one of the best prompt engineers for Midjourney because you're very good at writing. So like... Mm-hmm there's very unexpected ways that these things can bring out different people's skill sets. Um, I personally am waiting for somebody to license my services to prompt engineer for them. I want to like, I want to ghostwrite, but I want to ghostwrite their art. Um, So if anybody listening to this is interested in that, (laughs) you should DM me. That's not really a joke, but it's kind of a joke. We're not supposed to use Mocha Twitter for shilling. No. (laughs) This is, this is, I'm shilling my freelance stuff. Anyway, hold on. I want to go back to this point you made about. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know if you guys have had the same experience, but in the last like two months, everyone, I, AI is just a t- conversation topic at like mm-hmm. dinner parties at all. And I find that I am constantly playing the devil's advocate to everyone who's like, AI is either going to destroy the world, it's going to save the world, it's going to fundamentally change how we do everything. And my point is something basically off of what you said shivani which is like most people find ai like super annoying or all otherwise like 
detrimental in this sense of like, you can't trust people, right? You're like, we're going to have to, we're go- I think there's almost going to be a return, like a pr- return to pre-internet norms to an extent in terms of prioritizing offline interaction that you can verify because the digital realm is going to become so untrustworthy. I think that AI has a risk of destroying itself by being too good at what it's doing. And I think that people are going to like turn away from it to a point. I think, you know, people turning away from it is going to be their choice. I don't think it's going to be so, because you have things like ZK and you have things like crypto. You have things What's like uh, zero knowledge proofs, which is, it's, it's a base, it's a type of, it's like cryptography, which is, it exists before like blockchains and crypto. It, lets you verify two people two endpoints or two interactions without knowing which who is on each end right but it gives you verification because you are each setting parameters for verifying each other without telling the other person who you are so like it's like our sample right now how like we can yeah right and but we don't do we know it's him (laughs) it might not be i might be an ai (laughs) No, just here like, to talk about AI and show my ladies. That's, oh my God. Yeah, we can go into a whole discussion <laughs> on that. But um, yeah, I don't know. You're always going to have an equal and opposite force, right? Mm-hmm. That th- there are people who are like focused on privacy and interaction. So if you want to have a private, secure interaction online, you can do it. But you just need to take the time to figure out how to do it. So I think you're right that a lot of people are just going to be like, this is horrible. I don't want to do any of this. I'm just going to leave. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to become a shepherd in like a piece of land in Croatia and like take care of my dogs and like my wife. But I can almost guarantee you that that person after a couple of years is going to go back onto the Internet because they want to go back. I don't think there's going to be a max mass exodus. There might be a max exodus. (laughs) Maybe there's going to I think it's going to just be adaptation. Like it's going to be weird. It's going to be really, really weird for the first bit. Um, But there will be solutions for the whole like proving identity sort of thing, like all that sort of stuff. But even still like the, uh, you know, there's a trend of Gen Zers or younger who are like getting rid of smartphones to like return almost as as like silent emotional protest to all of the things that smartphones like have wrought on us. And I wonder like earth sample or Shivani, like, do you think that, like, I can't imagine that a technology that so quickly like we were talking about how the pace of things, right? AI is going to become everywhere all the time really soon before I think, and I'll certainly do that before we can like wrap our heads around it or like choose the ways in which it was everywhere. Like even at the beginning of social media, before it was mandatory, socially mandatory, you have a Facebook or a Twitter, you got to kind of choose. You can have a MySpace or you can not have a MySpace. I was a middle school kid and you can have a Facebook or you can not have a Facebook. It wasn't like, the be all end all of the social experience so ingratiated with it that you couldn't detangle the two. And I wonder if AI is going to evolve so quickly that we're going to lose that choice. Well, I mean, with like smartphones, like you can, like the, the whole wave, I, I, I used to be on the wave of like, I, I would barely carry my phone around. Like I would just leave it at home. I wouldn't take it out. Like uh, I had this sort of like distaste for the, for the smartphone. But the problem with that is like, you you kind of needed to interact with like the broader macro society at large mm-hmm. um and and everyone like you can have that desire to not interact with that society but i think like m- the vast majority of people even if they do like the sort of exodus thing they're going to come back because there's going to be like these um 
and things are just going to keep going. Like the train doesn't stop. Uh, and there's going to be so many different things that provide value in a sense or are just like super cool or whatever that people are going to get roped back into it. I, I, I don't think like, I don't really have a doomer take on AI. Like, honestly, I, I, I don't even think about AI too much because uh, I, I, I don't think I, I'll be able to project what's going to happen. Definitely. So I'm, I'm just sort of like riding along with the wave of sorts and just like sort of sifting through what, what I can like from moment to moment. But the problem with like not interacting with this technology is like you, you just you get left behind um, and you lose a lot of opportunity. And like especially for Zoomers, like we're at a point in our lives where it's like you you, you kind of need to have that opportunity if you want to do certain things. And like if you if you don't want to do certain things, it's fine. Um, but the, the the payout loss is so much when you're not uh, in tune with the things. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so annoying to go on Twitter and see some <laughs> dude be like, oh, my God, here are the five ways that AI is going to change the way that you think. And it's like, dude, just like you don't even know what you're talking about. You know, like you just want to get like it's so annoying. Like, I agree. Right. But <laughs> um, the the thing is, is it's like it's already happened. Right. Like how many people meet on dating apps now? What is it like one in three couples or something like that? Like that dating apps are yeah. very, very fine-tuned algorithms which use machine learning. Like Amazon is dynamic pricing. So like depending on the zip code that you're in, you're going to get different prices for different products mm. based on what most likely in your area people use. Like we have already figured out how to use machine learning in very easy ways and we all have it in our lives, right? So the next step is like deep learning and then, you know, AGI and, and like, obviously now deep learning is something that everyone's doing. I see, like I use ChatGPT instead of Google most of the time Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Like, so as these things like slowly integrate, I think people who are resisting are resisting from a place of fear, right? Because they don't want to get amputated by technology anymore. Mm -hmm. And that is a really, really difficult thing, which I have to say, it's just going to come down to personal insight and awareness it you know governments are using these things to change your mind corporations Mm -hmm. are using these things to change your mind like it's on you to wake up to an extent but i do feel positive that even when people leave they come back saying like okay this is like digitalness and this is like physical reality and they're all part of the same reality like Mm -hmm. both are equally real and i think like that having that positive outlook of like both are equally real how do i work with both of them to be healthy and happy it's all super messy right now right but we're we're entering a new era of of human living because of ai like it, it is accelerating that so I, I don't know the you know the i i, I one of my good friends that lives in missoula in montana like goes trail running, runs like 75 miles a week. Like dude is not, he's not on his phone, but he's on Instagram to see what his friends are doing. You know, like he finds small ways to integrate it, but he's probably online only like one day a week. Well, um, I think you made a, a really interesting point yeah. about, about Amazon and about um, dating apps, right? Where it's like when these algorithmic, when this algorithmic learning is like in the background or it's like the connective mm-hmm. tissue between things, we not only don't, 
worry so much about it don't think so much about it we like actively welcome it i think people welcome the way amazon prices itself i think people welcome the ease at which dating mm -hmm. apps you know like bring into their lives it's when the thing is kind of like standalone that it's really scary right mm -hmm. and so i i've been thinking about this in the crypto art context um with the work of sasha styles the poet and an operator um who do like their generative choreography work um mm -hmm. right where like ai because somebody once told me that like generative art is AI, like generative artwork is AI artwork and like algorithmic artwork is AI artwork. And I don't know the truth of that, but at least it, I, it's food for thought or something that like I gravitate to, right? Just mm -hmm. the idea that like there is some kind of intelligence within algorithmic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. output, right? So anyways, there's like this, it seems almost like higher, like above just AI artwork, this like plane where the AI is being used to like lift something else up, whether that's poetry in Sasha Styles' case or or choreography and dance in Operator's case, but it's like it sits on the back end and it like is the ballast for you know the exploration of something else. Um, Earth Sample, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, I think human touch is really important. I think there's going to be like crypto art that is full AI that is extremely cool and meaningful and and can exist on its own without human touch. But again, like the backdrop to that would be like the human mind. Um, I don't know. I, like there there is space for like everything. It just depends on like how relevant it is and how I don't know. Like I think I think it with AI, it just all depends on like the intent, like the humanity, the context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, and Shivani, I have a question for you, which is and on the subject, right, of like the humanity in AI artwork. We don't assume that our technology is going to be human influenced because I think we were never trained that it should have a human touch to it. So putting, you know, technology like AI behind technology, like, you know, a dating app interface, which is behind a screen on a phone, right? It's these layers of technology, none of which are seemingly out of place. But I think people naturally have this predilection that or this preconceived notion that art is not to be dehumanized, right? Mm. I'm wondering, in your opinion, will human beings ever be drawn naturally to AI art, like en masse? Um, like, will there um, ever be a feeling like, like, will you ever be able to create context and connection with AI artwork? Just I mean, like Rafik's work, right? Like Rafik's unsupervised at MoMA. Yeah, like Rafik's work. I mean, I was just in Barcelona, and there was like. 10,000 people that went to go look at just the imagery he had projected on top of a very famous monument. Like that yeah. is like AI art. Like it is the most simple algorithm which anyone can do. It's like the dumbest thing in the world. It's so <laughs> dumb. Like it's just images and colors moving, but it works and people love it. And I'm not the right, I, I'm never going to be the person to be like, wow this isn't art like i am no none of us can say what is someone's art versus what is ours right mm -hmm. but in the context of crypto art or digital art or internet art um like ai is going to step into all of them right because yeah. it's medium like yeah. in rafiq's case that that's a public piece of performance right um and people love it yeah ditto people love the piece at moma too um, even despite the like criticism it's gotten for its like simplicity or like apoliticality. Yeah. When I was at the moment, it was by far the most popular yeah. piece. The, like the, the amount of people that were looking at that in comparison to all the other works was like by multitude, like 
really they can post the most it. popular work at a museum that includes yeah. Starry Night by Van Gogh. Yeah, because they can post it on Instagram. It looks amazing. Right? Mm -hmm. Like what I noticed is on on my cam on my camera it looked much better. So I have a question for both of you. Um I'd like your answers one at a time. Um which is how do we keep artists uh, and this is off of the Rafiq and at all point, right? Because I think that a lot of people are going to post that on Instagram, like you said, and not make no mention of Rafiq and at all, not realize that it was Rafiq and at all, not care that it was Rafiq and at all. It's about the work in which his hand is not present. His mind is present behind the work, but he's not mm -hmm. there, right? There's no brushstrokes. Unless you're reading the little um, blurb on the side of the painting, you're not going to know who it is. So how do we keep artists centered in this conversation? where I think people might naturally be tempted to centralize either the work itself as kind of a freestanding structure without an artist's hand behind it. Maybe that would even be the case. Um, or perhaps they're even centering the AI itself. Um, for example, what do you think? I mean, like what comes to mind is like, there's a bunch of like statues within Montreal that no one, no one really knows who the, who the creators are. I'm sure some people do, but it still has like the effect I, I I don't know how important it is to tie the artist to the output because people are on the macro level, maybe a large percentage won't know, but the people who really care and look into it are going to find out. And then that that's going to propagate. Like if there's a piece of work that is so, so good um, that it hits mainstream and people love it or whatever, it'll, it'll, like think of like music producers. Like, do you know who produce like, uh the latest whatever song probably probably not um but it still has like the impact that it has and you know depending on how the when it comes to payment like depending on how like the payment system is set up that person is still getting uh you know their their share of the of the of the meal mm -hmm. uh, I, I i again like i don't think when stuff hits super macro, I don't think it's too important for the artist to be recognized because like at first, because eventually when people look at it, they're going to find out mm -hmm. um, when they like take, take a deeper look. Yeah. Two things. I mean, I, I agree with, uh, with earth sample that, um, you know, most people like looking at a public art piece or even an art piece in a museum, they, they, it's not interesting enough to go in to see who the individual or like artist collective is, but there are people who are interested. Right. And like, for example, with a community like Mocha, like this is a community of people that are interested in uplifting artists. So we can mm -hmm. do the work to make sure to, for any art piece to say, like, this is the artist's intention. This is like, you know, this is what information they would like to disclose with it. And we are going to honor their practice. So it yeah. really is context dependent. But se second point is like, there is a way to put the artist front and center by creating structures that at every single point, try and remember that there is integrity and creative output that came from someone's mind. So with NFTs, that's like royalties, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, with like smartphones or any other piece of technology, it's so important that you have like diverse people who are making the tech, right? Mm -hmm. So like smartphones are meant to fit into an average man-sized hand, which is why you find female police officers often have injuries because the phone slips out of their hand because the smartphone has not Whoa. been made for them. 
right? And like my mom's, my mom's a hardware chip designer. She's taught me from a young age, like if you want to change something to be more focused on different individuals, you need to have people actually creating the thing itself. Like you need to have mm-hmm. a woman who's actually writing the code, for example. So like those like hidden structures are really important to like think about. For example, with AI, you know, there's so much data. I also wrote like a paper on bias, right? Like these things mm-hmm. don't recognize dark skin. Yeah. These things don't recognize, you know, people from different regions of the world where the data sets are just not there. So like those hidden structures and the way that you make sure the humanity is preserved in them is as important as any kind of public marketing or propaganda of like, this is done by an artist, you know? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, lots of lefties like myself get injured every year because they're using right-handed <laughs> scissors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's wow. true. Diversity and inclusion, right? It's like the most important. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the, I yeah, feel I like this comes joke, up every, but it's not a joke. I, I never joke about, you're the only person that jokes about diversity and inclusion. Everyone else takes it very seriously. Because I'm literally the only person. Like, you I'm know how many people, like, I'm sorry, I'm just going to call it out. You know how many white women tell me that they feel sorry for the systems I have to go through? Like, I'm so fed up of it. Like, it's it's mm. just, it's not, it's not okay for, like, people to say that something is not working for people who are minorities when they don't even talk to those people. They don't even know where they come from. They don't know their background. It's just like, it's so corporate. It's so, the language around diversity and inclusion is so superficial. It's so virtuous. For what it's worth, I have a long history of white women feeling sorry for me too. (laughs) (laughs) How do they feel bad for you? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't think about like the next leg of that joke. Yeah, we don't I also have to don't, I also feel, I mean, this is like public, like I don't want to pull, pull out race. I feel like, like I have, there's a lot of white women that I love. Even the label white is like really fucked up. It, it's like a Name whole two. corporate thing. Yeah. But, but. <laughs> Name two white women you <laughs> should love. We, should we talk about my ladies and, and how yeah. I. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to give us. you guys <laughs> five minutes. Yeah. Speaking of racial shit. race and diversity and inclusion, let's talk about my ladies. Uh, Earth Sample was telling me, you just had a prediction <laughs> something about CNN and where this is going. And um, yeah, I'm going to give you to the floor oh. to talk about my ladies. We got, I'm going to give you four minutes <laughs> on my ladies and then okay. we're cutting this. I'll go quick. Like, so Milady has been canceled like infinite times within the space. Everyone within the space who knows about Milady knows that they've been canceled. Now with Elon tweeting about it, it's going to hit mainstream eyes. It already has uh, news media is going to jump. You on sound like an of, ironic tweet uh, right now. Like just the way you're talking, like to the casualness with your saying, like, yeah, my ladies has been canceled. Everyone knows it. But now with Elon tweeting it, mainstream news is like, it's, well, I mean, it's true. Like mainstream news is going to go onto it. It's going to get further propagated. Uh, Zoomers are incredibly based. A lot of people, I mean, I can say that like, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you. What do you mean by Zoomers are incredibly based? Assume that I don't know what that means. I'm pretty sure there was a study with like American uh, teenagers, uh, with teenage boys and like 60 percent of them identify as conservative mm. like there's a big switch that has happened over the past like two years it seems and i don't know if it's a good thing I, i'm pretty like uh, i'm not going to comment on that but it seems like the pendulum is swinging to the right and uh this whole like milady shit i mean you can say it's definitely not to the left 
I don't know. It, there's something that's going to happen, I think, where the Milady imagery is going to hit mainstream. I don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, and I don't know if it's a good thing. Like, I think Milady's really cool in a niche, but on a macro, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Shivani, you told me to buy Milady's like ages ago. So take a victory <laughs> lap. Yeah, I mean, I got it a long time ago. Um, I'm very fascinated by American masculinity or generally like Western world masculinity. Um, mm. You know, it claims that like places like Saudi Arabia or India, like are really hostile places for women, that like, this is the most equal place. This is where gender equality has gone right. And I just call total bullshit on that because mm. there has never been a world where you can move past the signaling and actually change the structures in these mm -hmm. conditions that we're in. So the My Lady community is, in its origins, um, violent, extreme, and a lot, of, a lot of men trying to figure out what to do with their lives. Um, yes. And that fascinates me so much. So I am part of the, like, discourse from a place of observation and wanting to understand what the next step of 4chan is. Because that's what it is. Um, and I think yeah. the imagery and the aesthetics are really cool. Because they somehow figured out whatever sits in between cutesiness and meme and like full-on evil ideas of human beings on the internet. I don't know. And, and you know, the truth is in many ways that like 4chan and gambling and sex are the origins of the internet. Um, that is where those are some of the first communities on the internet so like we can say it didn't happen but like it did happen like human beings have weird tendencies um, and I am not interested in censoring of any of it but exploring it understanding maybe if there's ways for people to connect and heal themselves maybe ways to take the good out of it but the my lady community is very strong and probably some of the most interesting conversations that terrify me and inspire me at the same time <laughs> um yeah <laughs> yeah and honestly i mean it's a bit of a personal i'm not gonna lie it's like a personal ego trip like i kind of enjoy being in these chats being like i know there is no one else like me here except maybe there are you know mm. um and you know it's not an ego trip it's more just like if everyone knew who i was would they just kick me out or would they be interested and actually be like that's cool yeah, I don't know. It just fascinates me. I just I think about it a lot. What are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, I don't have thoughts. I you you guys described it to me once as like a post inclusivity, post woke. I don't know. Anytime you use like words like post X or Neo X, I'm just like out on it. Like I don't get it. It's not for me. I'm a simple guy. Like like I'm wearing a Top Shot T-shirt. Like I just want to watch basketball and like. <laughs> not worry about whatever hell is being spawned in this like milady maker <laughs> discord channel right like teenage boy energy 
I got past it. I don't want any more of it. Like toxic masculinity energy. Like I'm actively trying to like bleed that shit out of me. Like I don't want to like envelop myself in it. The internet is already such a hostile and dark place. Even in like in my like little niche basketball art world, the Celtics lost yesterday in embarrassing fashion. You have no idea the depths of hell to which my like Twitter timeline descended. Like I can't fathom actually like stepping into what, you two are describing as like hell but fun no but like the most important gender equality work that you can do is to convince these men to look at women and minorities with a view of equality like don't go to like absolutely you know the cafe in brooklyn where someone's talking about all sex is welcome all genders welcome like everyone there already is talking in the same circle like you're you have to right. leave those circles you're right there. but that's not going to happen in the my lady discord <laughs> channel i don't have that ability it might happen with my lady holders out in the world if i were to like sit at a table with them maybe not in yeah, Brooklyn, yeah, yeah. but in westchester um or out on long island but here absolutely not and in that discord channel like i just like what am i gonna argue with like the throng of like sweating 16 year olds about like whether like women have, you know, the capacity for intelligent quote unquote intelligent thought that these men I'm sure are just convinced they have like this, this world, this like, you know, but there's not, it's only a small group in there. Like I obviously extract the origins are like intense, but there's good people there too. It's like some of the most interesting people I've met like have been through I agree. there there is like the like the macro of it is very very interesting there are like certain in groups in there that are like whatever but um no there, there's something interesting happening there like my, my final thoughts on the lady is like is the only nft pfp with actual culture everything else is just financially driven these people actively try and fud people out of buying the shit by through means of disgust uh which i think is kind of interesting uh, they want to gatekeep the culture um, in an ironic sense. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of posts that are like, Milady's pumping, like, bring, like, like from Milady accounts. Like, it, it is like a, there's like a true community there that does not, that is separate from the finances that does not, in my opinion, exist with like anything else in the space, PFP wise. Every other PFP has even worse, like apes, Azuki. Dude, like all these yeah, communities, I promise it. you, it's a bunch of dudes. Hundred like, percent. Like, like it's just the way it is. Like that, that's the way this industry is. Like it's okay for sure. You know? And I'm interested what's going to happen because my ladies are at five ETH today. Uh, Earth sample, you think they're going to hit twenty five this summer, or you're at least positing it as possible. And I promise you, when that happens, you are going to see a lot of people who claim to have like principles in whatever my lady is offering. They're going to sell that out for the opportunity to have fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, well, you're going to see it, those it ape and those, you know, those PFP people flooding into a space that I hate to even use the word pure in such a nothing know, is pure. Nothing a, is pure. A fang sense, but <laughs> yeah, okay, nothing is pure. AI, Mocha my ladies. Is pure. Uh, Mocha is pure. Mocha is pure. <laughs> We're pure. <laughs> Anyways, that seems like a great place to leave us. Um, Shivani, Earth Sample, thank you so much for being here to talk about AI and my ladies. And let's uh, do this again sometime, shall we? Thank you, Max. You're an incredible yeah, host. Sure, this is fun. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank, thank you, everyone, Max. for listening. And we will be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Don't Bye-bye. turn that dial. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. See you.